Hello, this is Carolina with Temecula Town Podcast, and today I have here Rebecca Farnbach, past president of the Temecula Valley Historical Society, and today we are enjoying ourselves at Vail Headquarters on a nice sunny day. And I just want to say thank you again for giving me this really nice tour of the area. I've learned so much, and me just being here as a resident for 12 years, uh, you really kind of gave me that insight of what the history is about for the area. I recommend people to actually do this tour, especially if you grew up here or a resident, because it's so important to know our history. So thanks for joining me, Rebecca. Thank you for, you know, volunteering to do this and your time and you just answering some questions like who is Vale and Wolf, you know, these are important people that established the area. So um, I appreciate that. I really want to talk about Vale Headquarters, and this was a stagecoach stop originally. Um, it actually was not a stagecoach stop on this four acres that is now Vale Headquarters. The stagecoach stop for the Butterfield Line was south of the creek, about where the fire station is in Vale Ranch, the Vale Ranch home tract. Um, but we are on the Butterfield Trail. And one of the most unique features that we have here in Vail Headquarters is a short segment of the Butterfield Trail. It's the main trail that you walk onto when you enter under the arch at the front of the property. And as far as we know, it is the only urban section of the Butterfield Trail left in existence all the way between Tipton, Missouri and San Francisco. So. In every other place, it's either been asphalted over, built upon, forgotten about, except in rural areas. But in urban areas, this, as far as we know, is unique. The only segment in an urban area that's left in existence. So can you tell me about your involvement with the Historical Society and preserving Vale Headquarters? Yes, very happy to. About 19... 98. This property was the only property with buildings on it in what's now South Temecula. It was all open space around here. Some of the fields were still being cultivated with alfalfa and, and so on, but it was just these buildings that had been left standing since 1964 when the Vale Company sold the property. And there was an outcry to tear down the buildings. But of course, those people who wanted to tear them down had no idea of the history. And when we explained that this was rich history here, the Butterfield Trail, Lewis Wolf and Ramona, who helped to inspire part of the book, Ramona, that Helen Hunt Jackson wrote, it's a place where the Mormon Battalion marched through. It was a place where the Temecula Native people had their early years. It was just so rich with history and, and the history of, of ranching and cowboying in this area. We decided it, it could not be lost. So a few of us became advocates to save this, this precious resource for the community, the old buildings and the Butterfield Trail. And so we ended up having a couple of lawsuits, actually just one lawsuit against two parties that were in control and after about six months we were able to settle 
for four acres and no tearing down of the buildings and renovation into the historic retail district that it is today. That's awesome. So the lawsuit, or I guess you would say the people that you were um, going up against that wanted to take down the buildings, that was, you mentioned that was Kaiser and Aetna? Actually, it was a a private real estate company called MDC Vale. And, you know, they were good-hearted people who just wanted to make a profit. And so they bought all this land, and they saw an opportunity to build a supermarket and a movie theater and, and some other businesses that would turn a nice profit for them. And they really weren't interested in these old buildings that needed rehabilitation. No. You know, these buildings didn't even have adequate plumbing. They, they weren't hooked up to city sewer. They, they, you know, needed infrastructure to be viable buildings for businesses. So it was more logical to them to just bulldoze them down and start up anew. We had other ideas, though. Yeah. So you had a, a developer, right, or a company that was interested in actually preserving the area? Well, let me right? explain or... it to you. So we sued and settled and, mm-hmm. and got our dream of having a retail area in this historic district. So all the, the buildings restored. And the first company who we sued quickly sold it off to another company. That other company really didn't buy into our vision, and so they sold it off to another company. Mm. And then a fourth company came in, and by that time it was 2008, and they had done nothing for the historic preservation that was mandated by our lawsuit. So we wrote a, a stern letter to them and said, are you not familiar with the terms of your owning this property? They got kind of nervous about us possibly suing them. And so they contacted a wonderful historic architect, and this is Jerry Tessier of Arteco Partners of Pomona, and he's done renovation of Fox Theater and a lot of different beautiful um, historic restorations. So he came down and looked at the property and said, I'm in. Oh, that's awesome. It is awesome, (laughs) and he has done things even better than we dreamed of. Yeah, well, I've seen, I've been to the Pomona Theater it's really nice, and you could tell it's got some historical features to it. Yes. But that's great, yeah. I, I remember like seeing this for a long time when I first moved in. It, it's amazing that the prior developers made a Walmart, a Kohl's, you know, a nice road, parking lots, but then they just like neglect this little area. And it seems like they should have maybe been more proactive but that's great that you found that company or that company showed an interest in yes. preserving this um, little site. I've been wanting to step in here and explore. <laughs> it's been that's like great. blocked off for years, but um, it opened up when, in 2016? Yes. You've been open for a few years. You have events here, right? You have like yes. the Starlight Bazaar and car shows. How is that going with the pandemic? Well, everything's on hold right now for the past two months because I think everybody's getting a little bit more serious and conscientious about staying home and and keeping safe and keeping others safe. So our businesses are still being run, but our events are shut down probably until after February, Mm. depending on on what the status is with the COVID infections and what the governor says about it. But I do want to emphasize that our restaurants are open for takeout and our other businesses are exercising COVID safety measures and they are open. But as far as events, 
we just aren't having any extra people on the property with setting up of tents and things. It's nice to have an open air yeah. feel. And I think that even the people who are um, getting takeout food or who are meeting up with a friend, they feel comfortable about sitting down at a picnic yes. table and, and because it's open air. So that's really nice. We love having the events here. So besides Starlight Bazaar, which is usually the, four, the last Friday of every month, and it's a wonderful, magical, feel-good event with vendors and music and everything. We also have a, a very nice event called Thistle and Sage. Thistle like the plant or weed and sage. And that is a vegan event, an all-vegan event, which has vendors and music. And they kind of remind me of the nice hippies back in the day. Um, they're, they're mellow and, and they just are, are lovely, lovely people. So I recommend anybody who's listening that you come out for the event. I'm not talking about you don't have to spend money. Just come onto the premises here. Enjoy your evening. Listen to the music. Feel the, the good feelings of, of being in this historical property with nice people. It, it just makes for a lovely evening. I have to tell you this. Starlight Bazaar is so magical. It, having having this event under the stars at, here at Vail Headquarters, this historic district, my husband and I put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into um, our efforts to make sure this was preserved, this four-acre historic site. And one evening, we were here for Starlight Bazaar, and I was in the antique store that we run for the Historical Society. My husband came through the door, and he said, come with me, come with me. He grabbed my hand, and he said, just come look. Just come look at all these wonderful, <laughs> wonderful people who've come, and look at the happy families. See the babies in the strollers, see yes. the children, see the moms and dads showing them this wonderful site, this wonderful place where history all comes together with the present and it has a feel good. Yeah. You're, you're getting a lot of generations that are like, try, they're visiting the place and they're enjoying the property. I've enjoyed a lot of events here, I especially the holiday ones. You worked so hard into creating Vail Headquarters, what it is today, so I'm sure it makes you really proud to see people utilizing the property. It, it, it really does. It really it makes my heart feel good. And I should also also mention to you that because of what happened here and with the settlement of our suit and preserving this district, that one of our members of the Vail Ranch Restoration Association that's now merged with the Temecula Historical Society, um, this gentleman named Dick Diamond asked the county of Riverside to require the architecture along the Highway 79 South Corridor to be like Historic Ranch. So if you travel between mm -hmm. Butterfield Stage Road and I-15 along Highway 79 South, AKA Temecula Parkway, notice the architecture. It's all ranch, like over here Panda Express has a barn facade on it. Okay. Yeah. Walmart has corrugated tin on their signage. The and storage place over here on the corners, I think they have a water tower, right? Yes, and a silo yeah. and so on. Kohl's has modified their big box by putting in a trellis with corrugated tin 
and they put a billboard on it with the picture of the seven cowboys. See, I thought that was just a coincidence. <laughs> so we want the children of Temecula to have a real pride in their community. We want them to identify with Temecula and Temecula's history. We have enjoyed an incredible relationship with Pechanga. In fact, in our museum, they have gifted us with, it's called an acorn storage basket that was handmade. It's like five feet tall. And it's the way that traditionally, see that their main food stuff was we wish an oatmeal type of thing made out of acorns. Mm -hmm. So they would go every fall up to Mount Palomar, which had the best oaks to produce the best acorns. And they would bring back as many as they could carry in baskets and, and wrapped up in like leather pelts and so on. But Changa, in, in their great relationship with us, has gave, given that to us, which to me is priceless. And wow. also when they have done renovation of their collections, they've asked us, do we want display cases? And we have four display cases that they've gifted us. They also have an archeological exhibit there that shows different depths and what you find at different depths in archeological digs. So anyway, that's the Pachanga thing and just are blessed to have them as colleagues. Okay, I was on your website and I noticed that there is a section where people are dressed up in like different time period yes clothing yes and it's and i like the idea that it's throughout the decades not just like stuck in one era yes do you have like any events or when do you get to dress like that is that okay. just like only halloween or no um, thank you so much for asking about that the notable men and women of Temecula are a group of actors that have put together very carefully the history of certain individuals in the Temecula Valley. And they are available to come do presentations. So right now during COVID, they can do it by Zoom. And, um, or, or when things are different, they can do it live. It's, it's a very entertaining program. So we have at least two gentlemen and I think about seven women who do these um, in-person uh, presentations. Like Ramona Wolf is, is presented, and she tells in first person who she is, where she came from, and what she's all about. Or Earl Stanley Gardner's secretary, she tells who she is and, and so on, as if they're alive today. Yeah, you really get into character. That's really cool. So that happens, That that's probably not happening anytime soon, I'm assuming. But. You know, it can. It can. <laughs> if you will contact us at info at org, you can set up a presentation to be done by Zoom. Oh, okay. Very it's cool. it, Yeah, it's very effective. I've, I've witnessed about four by Zoom so far, and it's incredible how well they're able to present the people yeah. well thank you so much Rebecca for doing this you know we can go on t about the history but there's a so so much so I think it's really worth people coming here and checking it out and hearing it from Temecula Valley Society um, historical people do you want to share any websites handles yes um, I'd love links? to I'd love to so um, we're on Facebook and um, our website which I gave you um, for contacting the notable men and women of Temecula I'll repeat it www.temeculahistoricalsociety.org and if you have any questions you can reach me at info at temeculahistoricalsociety.org and I'm happy to answer it we have a lot going on in the history of preservation of history in Temecula. 
We have a little museum that will be open again when COVID allows. Um, and that is on the corner of Red Hawk Parkway and Wolf Store Road. We have a lot of interesting things, a stagecoach and some old cars and, oh, I don't know where to begin um, <laughs> to, to tell you, but a, a lot of things. You just have to come out and see it when it's open. We are going to end off this episode by playing a couple songs from the Vulcan Mountain Boys. They are from the Encinitas area. They have played a few times out here in Temecula. This next song I'm going to play is called Pacific Surfliner, written by Bill Frisbee, and he also happens to be in the band and is the singer, the lead for this song. Pacific! Surfliner rolling down the shore. I'll be coming home on Tuesday for more. From San Luis Obispo going southeast to LA. She rides right into Union Station, gets turned around and then in about a half an hour's time she's headed south again. She rides right down through Fullerton, through Anaheim she roars, on through San Onofre with the tracks right by the shore, by the gleaming white sand beaches and Pacific Ocean foam. By the time I ride through Oceanside, I know I'm close to home.
thank you for listening to Temecula Town Podcast. This is Carolina, and I hope you enjoyed the interview. If you would like to submit ideas or comments about how to do this podcast better, or if there's any stories you'd like to share, um, please email me at TemeculaTownPodcast at gmail.com. Thank you.